Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show. Let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kane and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly on this podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, follow the show at Strict Anonymous or follow me at Cartoon Therapy. Uh, what else do I have to pitch? If you want to, or if you haven't subscribed to the show, subscribe to the show and write a review if you can. That'd be great. I love reviews. If you want to be on the show, if you have a problem that you want to talk about and you need some unprofessional advice or you live a secret life that you want to sort of uh, tell people about, that's what we do on this podcast. We reveal that shit on here and it's fascinating. <laughs> My motto is like, I think everybody is interesting. If you talk to someone, lo- and most people long enough, you find some interesting stuff from them. So that's what we do on the show. We, I just interview regular people about their interesting problems or lives. Um, today, what I have on the show is a bondage guy. He's been on before. I think the whole bondage thing is always an interesting topic because I think the actual reality of what goes down in that world is a little bit different than what people think goes down, even though a lot of it is exactly what you think would we go down. And that's what we talk about. We talk about um, how he got into it. We talk about a really interesting experience he had in Arizona uh, recently with a couple, which included a guy, his wife, and like 12 guys, I think it is. And, um, a lot of jizzing on the face. (laughs) I don't know. People that listen to my podcast for a really long time will know all about the jizz quiz that I did a long time ago where, cause I felt like anybody that likes to jizz on girls faces, like secretly hate women, but it's probably not the truth, the the truth. I don't know. And that girls who like to be jizzed on, like, like to be degraded, something's wrong with them. (laughs) But that's my unprofessional take on things. Um, this guy tells a story that includes a lot of jizzing on one girl's face, um, but mostly it's about sort of the bondage world, what goes down there, how you get, how he got involved, how you could get involved, and everything that goes goes on. And it's interesting. I think he's an interesting guest. I think the whole world, uh, that world or that fetish is interesting. And like I said, there's a lot of things about it that maybe you wouldn't understand, and we pick it apart and analyze it and talk about it. And so stay tuned. I'll be right back on with Bondage Guy. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Hey, Bondage Guy. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you doing? Uh, doing great. How are you? I'm good. Is that your name that we call you? Like, I just always think of you as Bondage Guy. What do, we, do Or did you have a different name? No, that actually works for me. Okay, we call you Bondage Guy. You've been on the podcast before, but I think this is always a hot topic. It's always one of the podcasts that has, you know, the most listeners because I think, I don't know if it was ever since that book. Oh, do you think or always like there's just this is like as far as fetishes are concerned, I feel like this is the one fetish that, you know, has maybe is the most mainstream or like crosses over or comes close to maybe, you know, because a lot of people are into it. Right. 
or am I wrong? I, don't I know. think I think that's a really good way to put it. it. It really crosses over into a whole bunch of things, and it is more along the mainstream. Although there are variations, but you know, I think the average person really has this interest in exploring it, especially the women. They they want to get taken. They want to be totally. So you know, think back to the caveman days. You know, they want to. They don't. A lot of them don't have it in their life, and they want to try it. Yes. I mean, I think that rape fantasy, quote unquote, you know, or being like held down or forced, like you say, is like every girl has that a little bit as a fantasy. And then maybe like when you go there and you do it like once in a certain way, maybe then it's because it's so great. You kind of want to push the boundaries a little bit more. Is that what you find with people? Or do you basically deal with people because you're so in the lifestyle that by the time you come in contact with a woman, she's full on or have you sort of converted women who have like come into it and been like someone like me never have tried it and like sort of made them cross over for, for me personally it's more the latter of the two i've found people who just because of the lifestyle and sort of the other pieces of my life that i'm in i meet people who i i test the waters a little bit and see if if they have an interest most of them have an interest have never really tried it mm-hmm. and they, and I and then they start to try it and they really like it and you really hit on a key point for me because I think the whole thing is about testing the boundaries and getting mm-hmm. to getting right to that boundary right before that person's ready to, ready to say the safe word mm-hmm. and and knowing right where that is is sort of like the thrill for me but and the thrill is to get them to not say the safe word and to trust you enough to go there right and then that's like that's what is the turn on for you, right? As the person that's like on your end, because you want to be the master, right? Like that's who you are in the scenario, right? Yes, absolutely. And, but I think there's a, there's a key point here and it, I'm sure many people have seen me, you know, the 50 shade, the gray movie. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people who are, who don't really understand the lifestyle believe that the master is the complete, you know, he makes the rules right. and he's in charge of everything. But the fact of the matter is, mm-hmm. it's a really good master will spend time with the, the sub and find out what the boundaries are, because they're different for everybody. Some are going to say, well, I'll do this. I won't do that. Not so sure about this. I might try it. And and then and they really determine what the do's and don'ts are. But then within the do's and don'ts, the mass, within the do's, the master is is got to get right to the edge of that boundary. And right. that's that's really key. If you if you saw that Fifty Shades of Grey movie, you know when Mister Grey was telling her, "Well, this," and she looked at it and said, "Absolutely not, no way." Mm-hmm. That's off the table now. Then she said, "Yes, this I'm interested in," and then he knows. But let me ask you though, because I feel like this is maybe kind of what you said before. When she says absolutely not for that, does that kind of become like, do you put that in a file and say like, hey, like I'm get like that's something like a, a future challenge because you kind of want to push her or do you respect that boundary and do everything else and leave that alone? Yeah, so great question. I, I, I personally, at a later point in time, um, try and get into that into that spot just of course, to the right? waters a little bit and see if we could really, really make a major breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Some, sometimes you use that as like a punishment where a woman will say, I'll never do this, but she did something really bad. And then you, then you say, okay, you know, and then you start to get them into that mode where that becomes like a huge punishment. Right. So I, I and then for the, for a lot. No, but I could see the turn on, right? Because for you, the turn on is a little bit about, 
pushing someone through to a boundary where they that they had right and be you know crossing the boundary and then for the person that wants to be the sub what's hot for them is sort of being taken so you know sort of creating that boundary and have someone saying you know tough shit I'm gonna like you know sort of cross it like you said in a punishment realm like that's the turn on for them too I mean that's kind of what they're you know signing up for as well right oh absolutely you know it's the, the turn on for me is complete and total control right. and submission. <laughs> At least We're you admit making, it. Right. That's what it's about. Right. It, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, with, with one of my subs, she will not even get a menu at the restaurant. I order for her. I, I pick what she's going to eat. I pick where we're going. I pick what she's drinking. You oh my know, God, it's like every guy's fantasy. <laughs> completely in control. That, right. That's really where you want to be. Oh, my God. I could never be a sub. I mean, like you'd chop me up and put me in a bag and kill me in the woods because I would never. But like women, though, have. Do, let me ask you this, because like maybe there are women like me. Do you find that like because like I'm very alpha. Right. And when I hear you saying, oh, she doesn't do that. Like, I don't feel that I have a part of myself. I mean, I do like to kind of be taken and have a man be like very manly. But do I want to like go into a restaurant and be told I can't do this? No. But do you find other alpha females that are really into sort of letting go of that alpha part and, you know, just being totally sort of controlled? Do you find that? Or do you find that it's mostly beta women that sign up to be subs? You know, I find I find both, but I would think people would be surprised at mm-hmm. the number of alpha women yeah. who are big into business and bit being in control and all this pressure and stress. And the first thing they want to do when they get in the bedroom is completely give up control. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it, the, the woman with now owns owns her own business mm-hmm. and she's in charge of everything and she does this and she does that and and when she gets in. To the bet, the last thing she wants to do is be in control. Right. I think it's like when you hear those stories, like on Dateland, like they found that, you know, the C, the CEO of the Fortune 500 company was like dressing up in panties and being whipped, you know, and it's the same kind of thing. You know, he's sitting there in his life and he's like super in charge of everything that maybe that flip side of being the opposite because his role is always to sort of be in charge. You know, maybe that becomes the turn on because it's something so different and the same for the women. That's why I asked, because I figured that it probably would go that way. You know, yeah, and then you also have a lot of people that are submissive in their personal life and mm-hmm. submissive in you know in the bedroom, and that's fine. But you will you do see a lot of sort of the alpha aggressive women that um, that want completely the opposite in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure because you're in the lifestyle, and you probably know a lot of people, men and women that are involved, even if they're not your subs or whatever. That there are men. It's not always the man that's the master, right? And the woman that's a sub. Like it could be reversed as well, right? Or am I wrong? Oh. Absolutely. No, absolutely. It's uh, you go to these um, what they call munchies mm-hmm. where uh, you know, people in the lifestyle go to meet. They have at these various restaurants throughout the country. And, yep. you know, you meet a lot of a lot of men who are uh, alpha alpha males in their business. And then they have a dominatrix, a mistress who um, who controls them and, and they're they're subs, but they're male subs. Right. That's what I mean. It's like it doesn't necessarily it's not always typically the man. I mean, do you think it's more like the majority of the masters are the male and or do you think it's split 50 50 and it could go either way? I think it's I think it's pretty split. And I also think there's a lot of switches. There's oh, really? one thing I learned being, being in this lifestyle. Uh-huh. I'd say greater than 50 percent of the people that I deal with are switches. So in some elements, they're aggressive uh-huh. uh, and they're, they're dominant and in some 
elements they're submissive. They really play both sides of that coin. You know, at first I was surprised when you said that, but as I'm thinking, as you're talking, I just like think like, yeah, duh, like that's basically human nature, right? No, one, it's never really black or white, right? Like we always have so many different parts of our personality to really put people in a box and say they're just one way and no other way exists. And sometimes it's like you could be one way, like you said, in one sense and then the complete opposite. And I think sometimes we don't believe that people have those two, those two things could exist in the same person, but I think it's much more actually realistic to believe that they do, right? That people it, aren't black do. or white. Yeah. Yeah. I could tell you, like I was with this couple in, uh, in Arizona on, on some of my travels and it was, um, the guys turned to be the master and the woman to be, uh, the sub. But what had happened was the week before he was a sub and she made him, do certain things and service people. And so it was now his turn and he was making her, um, you know, be with seven or eight people at one time. But then there are times that the two of them are dominant and go get a sub or get a sub lent out to them or vice versa. it's, It's an intricate lifestyle, you know? So walk me through that. Like, I just want to know everything about that. Like one experience, because this is like how it goes down, right? How did you meet that couple to begin with, or or how did you get sort of invited to that quote unquote party, right? Because when you say there's all these yeah. people, you know, how does that go down? Okay, so there's various websites. The one that I I really like the most because I just it's just easy to meet people and they're, they're for the most part very real is Stet Life. So how do you spell it? Can Stet you spell that again? Because it's always hard for me to remember. Spet F E T F E T L I F E. So F like Frank E. T, right? T, life. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Life. Right. So you go and there. It's, it's a free It's a free site, and you can put up your profile, put up as much information as you want. And there are various groups within there that range from sort of the plain vanilla um, groups to, like, people who are into, like, really strange things. You know, you know bodily fluids and scat and... Scat you know, is shitting, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, you know, you pick where you, pick where you want to go, but then, you, you know, you meet, you meet people there. And, you know, as in any time you're meeting somebody, you know, you do the safety things that you normally do to meet somebody. But for, for that person, I was traveling on business in Arizona. I met the, the guy or the couple through uh, Life. He had said that he had this sub and he was, you know, it was her turn and he was in the process of training her. And I did all the normal clarification things. And the, the whole deal with that was, you know, there actually I think there were 12 guys that time. You know, there were, he wanted, it was 12 guys to, um, to be with that woman. And he wanted to command all of, the, all of the operations. And that's how I met that couple. I mean, people do meet on Craigslist and places like that, which I don't like at all. No, and I have to say, let me tell you, bondage guy, I've had a lot of guys call, like, there's a lot, there's a big fantasy, which I never realized before, before I did my podcast that this fantasy existed, and it does exist with a lot of men, because another podcast, that topic that I have that's very highly listened to is the topics where, or the people that call in that want to watch their wife or girlfriend be fucked by another guy. I have to say that's like a very big thing with a lot of guys. I never knew that, but it really is, you know, and I've had a lot of guys call up that were on other sites, not FetLife, but like Craigslist or Adult Friend Fighter, trying to put together some sort of gangbang because they wanted their woman to be taken by a bunch of men and their woman wanted, but they didn't, they weren't able to put it together. You know, there's so few and far between of like real people on those other sites, you know, so it's hard to do. So it's good to know that if anyone's looking to set this kind of stuff up, that's the place to do it. Right. Because that's really where real people are that really actually do these things. Yeah. So two, two things I'll say, Mm -hmm. um, first off, you've hit, you've hit upon 
a really big area for me, and that is this whole couple thing, even before the the BDSM lifestyle for me. That that and I still do that. That's really um equally as, as interesting and important to me as uh the BDSing. I love mm-hmm. the couple thing. Right. And I was telling somebody this yesterday. There's a lot of a lot of men that are that are voyeuristic and they want to watch their wife with another person. Totally. Just literally sit there and watch and pleasure themselves and just watch. But there's a lot that want to participate too. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of women that that's a fantasy for them. And they sort of like give it up and just say, oh, yeah, my, my husband wanted this. I'm going to do it. And I do find some of them on Craigslist, you really got to go through a screening process for, uh, you know, for them. Mm-hmm. But that's a, that's a that's a great way to do it. Um, right. And, to find uh, one to, person. I think like, I think people could find one other person to get in, right. And do it like a couple with a threesome with one. But I find to set up, because I've had a couple of these guys that after they do it once, they want more than one guy involved and to get a whole slew of people, like you're going to explain this party in Arizona, you know, that's like this guy wanted like all those men with their women. Like, you know, that's like a lot of guys you have to wrangle up in one place that I think it's going to be a lot harder to do that on Craigslist to get that whole thing going than maybe on the website that you're on. Yes, because with that life, you know, I have to say 90, 95% of the people are real. And I think it's the opposite in Craigslist. It's like so many picture collectors. I mean, you, as long as you realize with Craigslist, you're going to go through 20 people before you find one real person. Right. Then it's, it's, a, it's a good way to go. There are people that are serious about it. Um, there are other websites that you could use to do, to do that sort of thing. But, um, the, uh, you know, and for me, and I'll diverge a little bit. This all started off with same room sex, right? The first, like, way, way back when, when I thought about this and hadn't gone into it, you know, there's a lot of couples that sort of want to get into the lifestyle, but not so sure. So there's these same room sex things that you could do. We literally in the same room, there's no touching. You're just watching two mm-hmm. separate couples, three separate couples having sex. And of course, that manifests itself into well a little bit of touching and for before you know it you're in a full swap thing right mm-hmm. over over a period of time and there's lots of uh lots of websites and lots of places that do that sort of thing but for somebody who wants to delve into it maybe not want to jump in the water all the way just want to put their foot in a little bit mm-hmm. same room sex is 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 the way to go same room sex is that an actual website is what you're saying I don't know if it's a website. It's oh. more of a, a terminology of what people, you know, what people are into. Right. So people um, that have done it and are sort of involved and experienced in that, that's what they call it. And so somebody, if they were into it, they could go sort of Googling and to find out where that's going down. Absolutely. The chat rooms, they're, they're uh, uh, you know, Craigslist again, mm-hmm. you know, places like that. It, and and that, that is a good way to meet people and it's a good way like i say to just get your foot in the water without having to jump in right is that did you start with that first and then get into the whole bondage thing or i did, they, did i did yeah yeah I, i'm sorry i did and what happens is like if you have a, you know a lot of times a man and a woman will sit there and discuss it but they you know to make that full-fledged swinging thing is a big big jump and mm-hmm. so these sort of little things along the way get you along the way there's lots of clubs where you could go, swingers clubs, especially here in Manhattan, tons of them, BDS, BDSM clubs, swingers clubs, where you could go in, 
you could have a drink, you could you could participate if you find somebody to participate in, or you could just sit back and watch. Mm-hmm. And that also gets you into the lifestyle a little bit. And is that where you sort of tipped your, like, you know, put your foot in the water and started doing that? Because I, like, a little background on you, you know, your thing is you're married. You've been married for a very long time. Never will you leave your wife. You have a family with her. But you, this is like a total separate life that you have. And you've been doing this on the side. You've never been caught. It's, you know, like I said, it's like very separate, right? You have a very good relationship with your wife. That's all great. You're super successful and you have a very demanding job, right? And this is like your release on the side. And you travel a lot for business. So it's been kind of like a little bit easier than if someone's coming home every day, nine to five, to sort of have this lifestyle and not get busted, right? Um, so yeah, it's, is it's that true. how you first got into it? Like started to go to this? Like how did it start for you? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. That's exactly how it started. I had, you, you watch porn or you mm-hmm. hear stories and you're like, well, I wonder about that. I don't know. And then, you, you know, you start to go, you go to a club and you watch it and you're like, wow, you know, that, that that could be pretty neat. And then you'll do the same room sex. You just start to break down those barriers and you start to experience these things. That's exactly how I got started. So you would even in your own city where you live, you went to swingers clubs like without your wife behind your back. And like because normally what I heard, I had a friend who worked in one. He was like the towel boy or something. It was like so interesting to hear his stories. But he told me that the one that he worked at, and I think it's very common, is that like if you were a guy, you had to go in with a woman. They never let solo guys in. Is that the was that the case when you were sort of doing it or no? Um, no, but the fee the fee is way different for a single guy. So I could tell you there's there's a club that I go to now in, in Manhattan. The the fee they pretty much do it every night, although the the nights later in the week are more populated. If you're a single guy, it's 150. It's 150 dollars. It's like 25 dollars if you go in as a couple, right? Right. So you you will see some ads on Craigslist and that for, for you know just for a partner to go, and you know you know you don't even have to do anything. But just accompany me there. We'll take a look. Maybe you have an interest. Maybe I you know right. Basically, I have an interest. right. Basically, he's using that woman as a coupon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. But you know, you can get in single, but like they triple the price. Right. That's smart, I guess, instead of like back in the day when they used to be like, no, you can't come in. It's like they're losing so much business. Why not make the money? Let the guys come in. Because I would find that a lot of um, couples have told me. And let me ask you this one more question before we get back. I'm not forgetting about getting back to that, the story about Arizona. But um, a lot of other couples that were trying getting into swinging in other places have found that um a, when they go to these swing clubs, um, there's a lot of single guys and not many women and the people are not that attractive. And I'm always like, come to like New York or go to like a bigger city because I feel like the people are more attractive. Are the people in swing clubs in New York good looking or are they not? Like, what would you say is the average? I've been very, I've been very surprised at the quality of the women in these swing clubs. I mean, business women, you know, uh, attractive and great shape. Uh, I, I haven't found, you know, all these unattractive women there. I've actually found the opposite that mm-hmm. these are, yeah. I, I, and I and also, opposite. I feel like people nowadays are so much more open-minded than, you know, 20 years ago, right? And 15 years. So have you seen sort of the horizons change as the times have changed? Because I think women and men are more, more, more women are much more open sexually nowadays. So I think you're going to find like younger, hotter women that might be doing something like that. Whereas 20 years ago, they would never like it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, completely agree. I think that women are out of the shell. Mm-hmm. They, they, they want to experience as much as men do. They want to, they want to enjoy it. I mean, just even just going into a sex shop here, 
years ago, I go into a sex shop and just see all men and right. either when they're couples or women, they're like, hey, let's try this, let's try that, you know. It's, yeah. It's way different now. Right. Okay, so now you're in, so how do you get involved in the whole Arizona thing? Because you wind up at this place where this guy has set up, like, all these guys to fuck his wife, and then things change, and, like, you're there for, I'm assuming, a couple of days, and all these different things go on, but, like, do they put an email sort of advertising a party? Like, how do you get involved with that? So this particular uh, group, uh, guy I met on Set Life, and then he, he, the master, he's the master this day, he went out and he researched all the guys that he wanted. And he was very specific. This specific one, there actually nobody fucked anybody. This was oral sex and ejaculate on the woman's face. That was his thing. Oh my that god, I like, love that because I used to have a big question. Like I used to have a jizz quiz. Like, do you want to jerk like jerk off on a girl's face? Like I have, all, I like, could analyze that for hours. So wait, so all he wanted to do was his wife to give all of you guys blowjobs, and then he wanted you to jizz on her face. Everyone, like in a circle, right? So okay, and, how many and, people? And we ended up with twelve people that day. Okay, and he chose and the men. He chose them. He, you know, I really. It's choosing, but also screening. It's a screening process. Make sure they're real. And literally, he, um, like with me, he met me outside the apartment complex. Like everybody kind of came in around the same time, but a little bit different. And he met me out there. So when I pulled up, you know, he says, text me when you get to this spot. And I did. And he met me out there. We talked for a minute. And then he goes, right, here's my apartment. Come on in. And he had a whole like dungeon thing set up there. She was completely nude on her knees. She had a ball gag in her mouth. And he did he did some domination things with her while we just sat around and watched, mm-hmm. and then he got, he got into the whole thing. But what happened was the week before when she was in charge, she made him blow a bunch of guys. So it was like his payback to her. Oh, okay. So she was the dominant one first and made him do it and blow guys. So now he was making her he was punishing her to do the same thing. Exactly. So how many guys later, did he blow the week before? Um, I, I think it was something like six or seven. And, right. And it was the um, same setup? Said, like he just blew them and they jizzed on his face? Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Do you do that too? Do you go both ways or you buy? I forget. No, you know, I don't. Um, it's not an interest that I have, although uh, it's very natural that there's male and sub, um, male and female subs at these events. So like I went to an event a month ago in Manhattan and the event was to, it was part of a female subs training, but some of the male, um, there were some dominat- dominatrix women that brought their male subs in and had them fluffing people in, in another room, just had them cleaning up. It was really an interesting kind of thing, but it's, it's almost, unnatural for it always to be male and female it, it, right. it does work a lot of the times but most of the, when you start getting into this group it's all different right because you have so like listen you have like seven guys there right and you're looking at other guys and then there's one woman there so there's a lot of crossover so you can't be homophobic at all in this scenario because i mean no, like no. as long as you've been doing it and you're you're not by like have you ever sort of crossed the line or done stuff with guys because it's just kind of like in the moment or does it kind yeah, no, of turn no. you on that other guys are there, like on a certain level? It isn't. No, not for me personally. But mm-hmm. I'm not homophobic, and so it doesn't really bother me. I know it sort of goes with the turf. There are natural things where if there, there's two, three 
men, you know, doing a woman you're going to bump into one of the, you know, things, things like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but not, not, um, it's not really an interest of, of mine. Right. It's not part of the part, a part of the turn on for you. The turn on for you, right. When you're in that circle, right. And like this woman is going around and blowing everyone is like the turn off, like, like the turn on. I mean, it must be like, if you're like sort of eighth in line, right. You're like just watching her the whole time. Is that like the hottest experience for you? Because like, that's the foreplay. Like you're just waiting for her and like watching them actually do it to her as well. Is that a part of the turn on for you too? Besides. It's a huge turn. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a huge turn on. This woman had to be very attractive, by the way. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge turn on because the whole submissive thing. You know, we're all standing up. She's on her knees. So just the the physical aspect of it is is very dominant. Right, and she's totally naked. Completely naked, ball gag out of her mouth, but she's on her knees and hands are tied behind her back. So you you know, you really like grabbing the back of her head. So she blindfolded uh, her now. Say that again. Is she blindfolded or no? Uh, she was in the beginning, but not um, not once we got started. Okay. So they explained so, to you that he had done this before, and then this was her payback, and then right, and then you're, and then he screened all you guys, and then you all come in, and then you know you all get kind of naked, and everyone's naked. Yeah, but he's giving the orders, so that's part of the thing. Like he would have a paddle and you know slap her in the ass and say, "Go with his." you know go suck this and he you know that was part of the thing too the whole verbal you know commands and move her around and all right she's um, not really like uh, she's really being controlled every minute of the time like she's not really giving that blowjob he is he's telling her everything what to do oh exactly yeah yeah exactly exactly go to the next guy do this go to the next you know that kind of stuff that's whole part of the domination thing for him and then does he boss you guys around or all you need to know is that you need to jizz on her face? Like you, when you're coming, like the, you need to come on her face. That's all he tells you. Yeah. Guys yeah. He's coaching and yelling and kind of like a little humiliating her, you know, that kind of thing with, you know, verbally. And he's telling you, he's not really bossing us around, but he's, he's saying, do the, you know, do this, do that. Make sure you come on her face. You know, as soon as you feel yourself come pull it out of her mouth, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she was, you know, obviously she couldn't wipe her face or anything. She had to wait till all 12 guys were there. It was, oh, it, wow. it was pretty hot. Yeah. And then how does she get off at the end of all this? Does, do you guys, does he fuck her? Does someone fuck her? Like, what does she do? No, he had a, he had a huge vibrating, it wasn't a dildo. I forgot the name you call it. You know, it's straight, it has a big round head on it. Oh, yeah, it. I've like, seen huge. those in porn. Yeah, yeah, The twist, they, they're and rolling he was, around. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was using that on her the whole time. And I think that was part of the turn on for her. Right. So she was being stimulated as well, because I would assume if this is what they're into, like she's totally turned on. So I'm like, how does she get off, you know, at the end of the day? So, yeah. And what they did when we left, I, I don't know. But he, he was he, and she was pretty hot when he that thing was really working well on. Mm-hmm. And how old were they about? Like, how old was she? She was 20 something years old and he was probably 30, 33. Right. And then the demographics of the guys all around, were they all different? I mean, how do you do you think that he picked guys just like for the sake of like, oh, they're real and they're safe? Or did he seem to have like a certain thing he was looking for? Or it was just mostly like he just wanted to vet people beforehand to make sure, like you said. That yeah, they were I, real. I don't think I don't think with the number of people that he was looking for. And this was during the day, which made it even tougher. Wow. Um, you know, it, I, I don't think with the number of people that he was looking for that he had, uh, he could really 
demographically right. picked. You got to be between 30 and 35. Yeah. I'm an older guy. Yeah, he so, wouldn't have got 12. Know, I mean, he got 12 guys to show up and do it, like you said, during the day in the middle of the week. Yeah, it was a weekday. And then, so so you have that experience. After you come, do you get out of that circle and you're out of there and it just sort of dwindles down? Does everyone just leave right after? Well, there are times, like for me personally, I can um, I can do it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, in rare cases, I can do it three times. So you give me a 15, 20-minute break, I can do it again. Right. And um, and so sometimes I hang out and just see if, if I'm starting to get stimulated again or right. at least want to see what goes on. Um I mean, it was the last time in the city I went out, I, I, I left, I went to Starbucks, I, I was sitting there, I got a cup of coffee, and I was like, you know what, I'm, I think I can go another round, I'm going back up, and I went back up. Oh my God, hilarious. And then, but you said you had more experiences with this couple, right, because you were there for a while, other things went down with them the rest of the week? No, not this couple, this oh, okay. was the one experience with this couple. Mm-hmm. But that's how you meet people, and that's how it goes, and that's how you do it on your travels. Like through that website, you find people, and then you wind. But you have how many subs do you have for yourself? Um, I have so I have two in-person subs, what that I call, uh, and I actually have two now online subs, online only, which is which is I'm starting to see more and more of that now, mm-hmm. where people w- again want to get into the lifestyle, and they don't necessarily. You know they want to get into it slow, and so we we I've met them online through through Fet Life, and um, and we have like an online relationship, and I think both of them will ultimately end up in a physical meeting. Right. Not right now though, but but I think once we get past that trust issue, we'll we'll get into a, a an actual meeting. And when you say online, do you do like Skype and stuff with them? Um, Skype, uh, email. So you do um, see each other, right? And have like, because I know that sometimes, like a lot of times there's all this whole aspect of bondage that people would never imagine. That is like a lot of writing and a lot of stuff that doesn't have anything to do with sex, but sex is a big part of it as well. So like when you're Skyping with these women, is it, are you having like sex with them through Skype or is it just more about like sort of getting to know them? Yeah, so so good point. You hit upon a good point. A lot of the initial um, work and meetings is is really a lot of writing, mm-hmm. a lot of really trying to find out what what's in their head or seeing if they're committed. So, a lot of times you'll ask the sub to do a journal. You'll give the sub responsibilities to do. Mm-hmm. Um, to where in the morning they might have to they might have to text you and tell you what they're wearing, or they might have to tell you about. At the end of the day, what are three things that really I'm thankful for today? What are three things that could improve? It's just a function of getting them to get into the lifestyle and and to be um, subservient and to and to and to have some level of control. Mm-hmm. And so and so, you know, a lot of a lot of the upfront work is is more the writing, and that also tells you if somebody's committed or not, right? Because if they're not doing it. You know, they're, they're probably not really committed. You know, you'll give them a couple of shots, but but after that, they've either got to step up to the bar, you got to move on to somebody else because they're not, they're not committed to it. Right. But I think that there's a difference between people, because I had a girl on recently who was very open-minded, and she said, you know, she was kind of into bondage, but then she met a guy, and he wasn't like, he was into all this, like, weird stuff that she wasn't, and she just, like, quickly got out of it. But I think it was probably he was, like, more in the lifestyle, and I think some people, maybe they just want things, like, kind of rough, and they don't realize that when you're really into the bondage lifestyle, it's a lot more than just that, right? And so you're going to yeah, weed so- out those people that maybe just want to be tied up or slapped around a couple times, you know, 
it, right from the beginning because you go in and it's a lot more than that. Like you said, it's like the writing and all that stuff. And so a lot of people that really aren't into being subs sort of check out because they're like, what the fuck is this? Maybe, like I said, they just want to be tied up and be done with it. <laughs> right. There's, there's a big difference between rough sex and being a sub. You know, rough sex is rough sex. I like it rough. Yeah. And being a yeah. sub is a commitment of control and mm-hmm. discipline mm-hmm. and punishment. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes beyond sex. The- it's a part of sex is a big part of it. And that's a turn on, but it, it's bigger than that. It's, it is. And I will tell you that um, there are a lot of of masters that have subs that never have sex. Really? Interesting. Right. Oh, yeah. Because it's just it's about that control. about control. Right. right. But do you think that they're jerking off to the thing? Like, or there's just not oh. a sexual, like, right? There's some sexual thing going on, right? But maybe it's just not sex with the woman, but maybe he's jerking off to his control or power that he has. Absolutely. Either, you know, while he's doing it or afterwards, it's a big turn on. But even if you go to um, like any of the websites, Sex and, and Submission, which is one of the better BDS ones, BDSM ones, you know, you'll see a lot of scenes and a lot of um, videos there that that the male never has sex with the woman. He It's just control and tying them up and bondage and spanking them and flogging them. It's It's about control, not about sex. Right. And sometimes that could be hotter, I think. I don't know. You know, I mean, just because it's something so different, right, than that any it's more of like a tease could be right. And it just makes it last that much longer. Um, I mean, I get how it could be erotic, you know what I'm saying, even though there isn't that one on one sex. Now, your thing, you're still married, right? You still have you ever like, I mean, you know, you're on my intro, rehide your whips and chains, you know, it's like, because you were one of the first podcasts I have. Have you ever hid those? Because what you told me were they were in the backseat of your trunk or like in in your trunk of your car. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're getting in a car accident and your wife's going to find them. And because this is a very secret life that you live. Nobody knows, right? Except like you call in here and you're, you know, spilling it. But like, does anyone in your life besides the people that are involved in the lifestyle know about this? part of you no i think so so two things the um the equipment that i have you know if you knew my car there's a hole it's, it's under the trunk there's a lift up and then there's a spare underneath and it's underneath that so i don't really care if you crash your car trunk, i don't really care if you crash your car that shit's flying all over and that's going to be there so it's you know i'm not saying your wife's going to go like true. get something out of your trunk and find it but it can be but geez yeah. nobody knows right Nobody knows. I have been a little bit more open with a couple of uh, non-sexual clubs that I'm in, with other hobbies that I have in my personal life, because I'm always in a mode of, I've opened up a little bit more, and especially I'm not traveling as much as I used to. And so I've, I've opened it up a little more, made a few more hints with some local people, and and I'm and moving in that direction. So not quite oh, interesting. Yet, yeah. So you're doing it in your own city, which can be a little dangerous. Yeah, it's it's really um, it's like kind of going through some landmine things, but you, you know, it's a lot. It's a very important um, screening process that goes through because you want to make sure, like from my perspective, I want to make sure whoever I play with mm-hmm. is you know sane and stable and is looking for the same thing that I am. And this, you know, you, you develop a technique after a while and a process to find people and screen people and you know it's not a hundred percent but I'm you know I'm pretty good at it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know I like I just think sometimes like and listen this is just I think sometimes 
you know, just when you think you're like you're good at it or you know everything, like you find out like, oh, fuck, like maybe I don't like I don't know. You should just be careful is all I'm saying, because, when you know, I think you've always been very smart and your life has always sort of allowed you to live this lifestyle and not get caught and not, you know, sort of let your wife know because you've been traveling and you do it outside of where you live. Now that you're not traveling as much and you still have those needs and you have to keep, you know, you're doing everything you can to do the same thing here in New York. You just have to be careful. Do you think if your wife found out, and I think I've asked you this before, um, like she would A, leave you or, or, or be surprised or do you think she'd turn her head the other way? Do you think she has some sort of clue that may, like, I, what do you think? Yeah, I, I. I've thought about this a lot. I think she knows something's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, obviously doesn't know to the extent. I think, you know, she has a very good lifestyle. Um, you know, financially, we're very, done very well. And so I think she sort of turns, you know, closes one eye on this stuff. Mm-hmm. So she, she kind of knows that something's going on. The extent of which I don't think she knows but I, I think if you gave her a lie detector test and said, is this guy been 100% faithful? You know, she would say, no, absolutely not. But he comes home every night and, right. you know, he's a good provider and we have great sex. And, you know, as long as he doesn't catch anything, I'm kind of okay with it. It's, yeah, it's I totally bit- get that. She knows she has you. Like, listen, she knows you're not leaving her or whatever. And maybe at that point she's been with you for so long. And like you said, she knows you're coming home every night and she has a good life. And, you know, you're the father of her, ch- your ch- you know, your guy's children. So, like... You know, she'd rather not know. That's why, if anything, you should be careful because she doesn't want to know. Do you know what I mean? And then, because then, if she gets the information, then she has to almost. She's almost forced to sort of do something about it, or else she'd look like an asshole, right? So you really just want to yeah. make sure she doesn't find out. Because I get that woman. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with how she turns her head and pretends. That, you know what I mean? I respect that. I think that that's g- good and smart. Right. You know. Um, but if she winds up finding out, you put her in the awful position of sort of having, knowing that, and then having to tend to like, sort of like feeling like an asshole, not doing anything about it because she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to leave you at this point. She's happy with her life. She doesn't want to know. So make sure you just be very careful in New York when you appreciate that. Yep. You know what I mean? I completely agree. And I'm going to end this podcast the same way. Rehide those whips and chains. (laughs) You keep thinking. It's like, you know, you're a smart guy. You're super. It's not. I don't know why you think it's the greatest hiding spot and underneath (laughs) your tire in the car. I will. I will still tell you it's not smart at all. So maybe you want to think about that. But. Okay, well, maybe you could you could email me some great hiding places. How's that? I, I will. Someone once, somebody I did a podcast with someone, and he was like, he steals like panties from women. He did a lot of really interesting things, and he told me he had the panties like in his like ceiling of his basement. I was like, what if the house burned down? You know, and he's just like, well, they're in the bottom floor. Like, it's just hilarious where people hide. I guess there really is no totally safe place, but I'll think for you. And if I come up with anything good, I'll email it to you. <laughs> but thanks you again. You have a deal. Okay. Thanks again for calling in. It's always so fascinating to hear your story. Same here. Bye. Bye. Bye.